Welcome to the Physics Teaching Podcast, a podcast for teachers of physics, made by physics teachers. Physics teachers like me, Robin Griffiths, uh, a full-time, uh, for the time being anyway, uh, a teacher of physics from uh, year 8 up to year 13. Yes, and me, Thomas WP, a part-time, A-level mostly, a little bit of year 7, face-to-face at the moment, physics teacher. Yes. And may we live in interesting times, Robin. May we live in interesting times. Yeah, that's that's apparently a curse, isn't it, in China, which is uh, probably fair enough. And um, yes, it's it's all sort of very kind of end of days at the moment, isn't it? We just seem to be in slight limbo. Yes, so um, people listening to this in two years' time, we're talking about the coronavirus, which is just hitting its peak as we record. Mm-hmm. Uh, America has banned travel to the USA. So even though we had sorted out with the lovely NSTA, us presenting at their conference in Boston, we now can't go. Yeah, the conference has been um, cancelled. Uh, we've just heard literally within the last few minutes that uh, the flights to America from the UK have been suspended. So um, we're definitely not going to Boston. Definitely but, going, but we were. We did sort it out. But uh, So we were yeah. going there. So we, we, we need to fill our time in other ways. And I have been very distracted this week. Yes. Very distracted. For those of you who've been to the website, you'll know how distracted I've been. Yes, uh, the, the website has had what one might call a makeover. It looks fantastic. It's all uh, brand new and colourful and wonderful. That's a colour scheme chosen by a physicist right there. <laughs> well, yeah, nothing wrong with pink and purple, but I was just fooling around with the colours. And <laughs> I, my problem was that we couldn't do a good archive on the site. And when I started sorting out an archive, it was terribly slow to load. So I've gone a bit retro on the the, the cleanness of the page. Uh, and I also completely changed, to, to get the archive working properly, I completely changed the way we published the podcast. Uh, hopefully that was seamless. Yeah, it was seamless, except that we retweeted every single episode, didn't we, uh, all over again? We did slightly retweet every single episode, but that wasn't bad. People seem to enjoy that. So maybe we should do that annually. Um, I, I don't know how I'd do it by, on purpose, <laughs> but, um, but it was good. Uh, the, the worrying thing, Robin, was there was quite a lot of listeners to the very first one. Yes, and the sound quality, quite apart from the gibberish we spouting as usual, but the sound quality, that's terrible. You know, I'm a bit precious about that now. Yeah, the sound quality's got a lot better, even if the quality of what we're saying hasn't. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely looking much better. You can now search through the archive. It's it's really uh, fabulous. And of course, there's the map. Tell, tell us about the map. There's the map, yes, because this podcasting uh, software, Podlove, is open source, and they encourage you to play around with it. So I wrote a WordPress plugin that gives you a world map of where all the files are downloaded to. So either, Robin, we've got more than one listener, mm. or the listener has a TARDIS. Yes. Because if you go to the .physicsteachingpodcast.com slash download hyphen map, um, you can see a, a map of all the downloads, and they're all over the world, every continent apart from Africa and Antarctica. Yeah, I can't believe we don't have a single listener in, in, in Africa, who, uh, in South Africa or somewhere like that, who, who teaches physics and would like to take part. So um, if you know anybody who's teaching in South Africa, perhaps you could get in touch with them and tell them to listen to them. They could be our first African listener. They could be a continental first. Of course, we may have had one more than 2,000 downloads ago, but uh, we have 2,000 up there. Mm. Yeah, so people in China, Vietnam, India, yeah. Hello, yeah, yeah. hello world. Uh, yeah, many countries great. my geography is not quite up to. Um, so that's paying up been how i've been spending my time 
but it is interesting that we can see Matt Bowman in Peru, mm-hmm. little solitary dot. We have someone in Ecuador, though, and Hawaii. Hello, Hawaii. Hello, Ecuador. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I love you to think that somebody in Hawaii is there. And, of course, in my mind, because I'm of that generation, Hawaii is Magnum P.I. listening to us in Hawaii, because uh, basically everybody in Hawaii either looks like Magnum P.I. or looks like Higgins, basically. And that's I never watched Magnum P.I. I, I thought know. it was private investigator, not physics instructor. Yeah, physics instructor. Actually, that reminds me, I needed uh, a physics instructor this week, and I wanted to ask you about this, because um, I'm doing with my year 12s, the photoelectric effect, which is uh, wonderful because you get to talk about you know, Einstein and the fact that he won the Nobel Prize for photoelectric effects and all this sort of stuff. And, um, but I couldn't get the gold leaf electroscope demo with the zinc plate on top to work. And I tried everything. I, did the, um, I got a massive piece of zinc, big sort of a square of zinc that covered the top of the electroscope plate. Emery papered both sides carefully, wire-walled it, made sure it was nice and shiny and clean metal, um, put it on top. Obviously, the um, visible light did nothing as it's supposed to do, and then got the ultraviolet lamp on it, and it did nothing as well. And I was trying to work this out and thinking, because I have got it to work before, is it, do you think, that my UV lamp is underpowered? Do you need a certain threshold of UV lamp, or do all UV lamps work on it? Definitely, that can be a problem. Um, I want to check, how did you charge the gold leaf? Uh, so I used a Perspex rod correct, yeah. uh, with a duster. Yeah, Perspex rod with fur I usually use. Uh, okay, so maybe, yeah, because if the duster was perhaps synthetic yeah, or something. Yeah, maybe that. But Perspex is the one. So you Perspex, you hold the Perspex above it, mm-hmm. you tap it, and then take the Perspex away. Mm-hmm. Did that? Right. So Perspex, t- you, you touch... You don't touch it with the Perspex. Yeah, brought the Perspex close, touch the top. Take the Perspex away. So the perspex repels the electrons down because it's negatively charged. Mm-hmm. Then you tap it and electrons flow from you to fill the gaps that left at the top. You take yes, the perspex so. away and you've left an excess of electrons. So yes. if that sounds right. Yes, when I did this the first time at my current school, it didn't work at all. Exactly the same zinc, magnesium, emery paper, nothing uh, with any UV light. And we had one of the ones for checking banknotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work. And then they said, oh, well, we have got the... Uh, the emission light from 1950 and we got this uv light out i mean it's ridiculous it's on an enormous piece of steel yeah it's pretty Mm. clunky it's in a huge cardboard box but that does reach the threshold and that does work really quickly and really fast so if you haven't Mm. done it at that school before Mm. you probably haven't got energetic enough photons to reach the work function to to, to be bigger than the work function Yes, that's that's. Uh, I'm hoping that that's that's the case because um, I think everything else. So the only thing I, I'm just going to double check on is that that um, my perspex rod that if I was charging it with the wrong type of material may possibly have ended up positively charged. Possibly. I mean, a way to check that is get your EHT out and and charge it with the flying lead off the negative, which I did for yeah. years because I could never get um, charging by induction to work. Okay, so that's a good tip. So the you can charge the because um, this is always the problem I have. I never remember what the what, what charges what with what combination of dusters and and glass and <laughs> perspex and all that sort of thing. So um, that's always been the difficulty. So if I get the EHT supply out, just take a, a fly lead off the negative terminal, yeah. touch that to the top. That will do the same thing. And be careful. I mean, I did that for most of my career. And then a few years ago, I thought, this is ridiculous. I know you can do it by induction. I've got to learn to do this. And I kept trying and did a lot of research and then finally found, yes, it is Perspex and fur. So Perspex and cotton, maybe. I don't know. I mean, that could be it. But I suspect it's you haven't got the right lamp. Yep, that would. Uh, we've got a big old clunky UV lamp, but I, I mean, to be honest, it could well be either A on its last legs or B below the threshold. Anyway, so we'll we'll see we'll see about that. But thank you, physics instructor, 
with your um, <laughs> 1980s tash and your Ferrari. Bushy moustache. Thomas P.I. <laughs> Thomas P.I. Thomas Podcaster. So anyhow, let's talk about the physics. We we will stick mm. to our schedule. And we, we had an interview with Fabio Di Salvo about chat physics. But I think we'll bring forward the ways to teach physics dot 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 remotely. We, we tweeted about recently. Because I think in a week, everyone's going to be teaching remotely. I mean, we've got a training session on Monday on a piece of software the school is going to suggest we use. And I, you know, I just can't see, I can't see us being there much longer, honestly. Yeah, and I think the good news is that actually in the time we've been doing this, there's an awful lot of stuff that lends itself to teaching remotely and there's an awful lot of resources out there. So hopefully we can share some of those with you. Uh, And again, if you have a way of teaching remotely or something that you've used in the past that's helped with, and particularly at this stage of the year, revision, uh, something like that that the kids can do online, particularly if you can monitor it as a teacher, do let us know because uh, we'll include it in the episode and that will help the community a bit more. Yes, you can tweet us at PhysicsDP. And Lewis Matheson, I asked him, because I know he's done some live, live streaming, asked him if he'd be involved, and he's already said yes, so we'll get Lewis on. Uh, and I guess that'll be our next episode. Mm-hmm. With Patrick Kaplow, who we've already lined up as well, to get him back on the scene. Yeah, that'll be lovely. And uh, even though we'll have to wait to meet Patrick face-to-face, it will be lovely to speak to him over the line. Yes, we will have to wait. I mean, he, he was saying today to me on Telegram that their schools have been shut this week. Yeah, I think uh, America's swung into action on this. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to move ahead on our ways to teach physics dot 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 remotely. Please tweet us at that hashtag TPTP remotely. But we'll stick with what we're doing this week. Uh, I had a lovely chat with Fabio Di Salva about hashtag chat physics. Robin, you couldn't make it because you were hiding from a a teenage party is that right (laughs) yes that's right my daughter was having a teenage party downstairs and so i was hiding in the bedroom and which would have been perfect except that uh, all you would have heard in the background was and uh, that would have been slightly distracting so apologies for not joining uh, fabio last night um and uh, that's um that's why i was taking a pass and the worst thing about that sort of party is you have to hide in the bedroom because your child would be so mortified if you actually showed your face. Absolutely. The idea that you were, were born of man and woman is completely and utterly horrendously embarrassing between the ages of 14 and 20, as far as I can work It's a repulsive thought. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had a good chat with Padbio. I think chat physics and Twitter have a huge amount to offer, and let's listen to the interview. Welcome to the podcast, Fabio. Please, could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is uh, Fabio Di Salvo, Fab Physics on Twitter. I'm a secondary school physics teacher and head of physics in Surrey, and I'm the founder of Chat Physics. Founder of Chat Physics, which is a Twitter, how would we call it, a Twitter conversation tool? Yeah, a weekly Twitter chat, I guess, easy CPD for physics teachers. Now, I... Um, slowly getting to grips with Twitter. I'd never used it. I kind of avoided it before we started the podcast. But I'm still, I'm still very inexperienced with it. Now, I, I've heard about chat physics, and I know it's you, you ask questions and people answer them. It's as simple as that, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So every every week we have a theme, and there are four questions for each theme, uh, spaced at fifteen minutes intervals and people just reply to each question and we get a conversation going so enlighten me because as i say i'm I'm really inexperienced with it how does a conversation work in twitter someone posts a question or a comment and then 
below that there's an option to reply to that comment and that tends to be how, how people start these conversations. Um, so for the weekly chat that we have on Chat Physics, it comes in the form of an image and then below that you just reply straight away to that to that question and to that image and then people reply from there. So it's all like a long thread of, of responses. So if I look at your account, which is at Chat Physics, isn't it? For Chat Physics, as opposed to your personal account, which is at Fab Physics, which is obviously a fantastic Twitter <laughs> moniker. Well, well done. I like that with my name. <laughs> <laughs> so if I go to yesterday, we're recording this on Friday. If I go to yesterday's Chat Physics and the first question, what is a big idea? And I click on that. I can see under that there's some answers. Do can answers have answers or replies? Have, they're called replies, and they can replies have replies. Yes, definitely. So um, once you reply to the main question, people can then start their own thread with you and reply to to just you, or to, they can tag people into it. So if you scroll down that question, for example, um, let's say Dr. David Boyce, uh, then the conversation that continues under his own reply as well. So there are kind of sub-conversations going on within the main conversation as well. So you asked what's a big idea in physics, and Dr. David Boyce, at Dr. David Boyce, said, could a big idea connect different seemingly unrelated things, such as potential? Everything from forces to latent heat to electricity can be understood with a good understanding of this one big idea. And then Chat Physics said, yes, I really like this idea. And then at DRC Snedden, Dr. Snedden has said, yes, I was trying to think of something that would work for that definition mm -hmm. of a big idea. So there's a a thread going, yeah. I would call that. I'm I'm quite used to forums and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's. I think it's a lot more straightforward than forums, because in forums the conversation kind of gets lost because um, it's not clear who you're replying to as, as easily as it was on Twitter. So on Twitter, you just reply to that one person, and then that becomes its own separate conversation, which you don't have to get involved with if you don't want to. You hear on the internet about how Twitter is this hotbed of meanness mm. and trolling. Is that what they call it? Trolling? I think that's why I avoided it. But looking at Fab Physics and looking at how we've used at PhysicsTP, mm -hmm. our Twitter handle, I've had, there's been no negativity at all. It's so supportive. And is that what you were expecting when you had this brilliant idea of doing chat physics? Or did you just, I don't know how long you've been doing it, did you just throw it out into the ether and hope that it would work? <laughs> so um, I've been on Twitter for a few years. Um, I only really started using it for teaching, I'd say, about two years ago. Um, and realized how great it was as a, as a kind of solo physics teacher at my school. Like I was missing those physics CPD discussions, I guess, that other departments have. And um, I realized Twitter was a great place to ask questions, to get advice. Uh, even if you're not tweeting yourself, you can still like read other people's conversations and, and pick up ideas from there. There were a couple of other chats that were going on already. So I think um, geography chat, uh, maths chat, for example, they had already had chats going on. But I realized there wasn't one specifically for physics, which um, I thought people would would kind of really like so it was actually february last year that i put a tweet out and i tagged a bunch of uh, physics teachers in and said would there be interest if i set something like this up and the response to it was amazing you know loads of physics teachers said yes definitely i'd love to be involved 
and then just took it from there, really. I got a core team uh, together. We kind of share the hosting responsibilities every week. And yeah, it's been a, a really good year and it's kind of just grown from there. It's exactly the same as the motivation for the podcast, this the idea of the lonely physics teacher missing subject-specific CPD. It is super supportive, Twitter. That's something I've learned. And I, I've started following people, and I obviously see people because the Physics TP account follows a mm. lot of physics teachers. And it is wonderful. You see someone posting a practical, you see someone posting an idea, and you can answer it. You, you have a hash tag, don't you, which is a what I would call a hash sign, but I think many people in America would call the pound sign. We call them hashtags, don't we? And you, or it's hashtag chat physics as well, isn't it? And that means, yeah. I think that means I can search on hash chat physics and it will tell me all the tweets that ever were on chat physics. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So the idea is for people to, whenever they respond to a question, they, they should put the chat physics hashtag in. Because then, you're right, if you search for that hashtag, it comes up with every tweet um, that's ever been written that has that specific hashtag in it. Unfortunately, some people forget the hashtag, so when you search for it, it doesn't it doesn't come up straight away. But if they've replied to a chat physics thread, then you will find it in the end, won't you? Yes. Yeah, so if you go to the original question, um, all the replies are still there. Um, it's easy to search for a specific question or a specific uh, trend, I guess you could call it as well. So say I, I've heard chat physics talked about practicals, my, my love, my love of practicals, and I want to see what came up. Is there an index where I can look up the date it happened, or do I just do a search on hashtag chat physics practicals? How does it work? So there's a few ways of searching. Um, if you know roughly when it happened, there is an advanced search function, and you can search for the account that posted it, and you can also search for a, a date period as well. Um, the other way is to type into the search kind of area, hashtag chat physics, and then type the word practicals, for example. Practical. Because, and then I'll, I'll yeah, because goes. as well as the, the image that you get, the, there is the text version, which also posts the question, which means you can search for it as well at a later date. Ah, okay, okay. So is there any particular thing that you remember that you really got a lot out of or really changed your practice or really inspired you to do something different? So one of the first few chats we had, because um, there's so much you can talk about, but we, we started talking about Key Stage 3 curriculum. That was, I think, the very, very first chat we ever hosted. And as, as I said before, being the only person in your school a lot of the time that teaches physics, you don't have these conversations. So it was amazing to see the range of, of how different physics teachers around the country approach Key Stage 3. And from that, we got so many great ideas. The themes tend to either fall between practical work, um, maths, uh, how maths can be applied in physics, for example. That's always a popular one. Um, curriculum, so Key Stage 3, Key Stage 4, and Key Stage 5 curriculum. My favorite ones tend to be the ones that go a little bit deeper than that. So there's a lot about literacy, for example, and language in physics. Um, there's also ones about telling stories in physics, which is quite a big thing at the moment, is about teaching the specification. We're also going beyond that and talking about the history of physics um, and how communities get together and that it's all one big scientific community. So it's these kind of conversations that aren't specifically about the teaching of certain ideas, but, but more of a rounded experience that I, that I really like. 
Yeah, I've been doing a bit of that. I've been teaching turning points in physics and AQA, and that's a lot of stories. I've enjoyed looking up that. I kind of wish Ben Rogers or Richard Brock had uh, done all the history on the people I've been looking up, like Fizo and Mickelson-Morley, all that stuff. Yeah, every year I want to do turning points, and every year my students go for Astro. <laughs> oh, I, I, I always give mine a vote. Yeah. Since I lost my partner teacher, who was an astrophysicist, which made it easy. Hmm. They've never chosen Astro yet, but I think that's because I kind of steer them away because it's interesting, but there's areas of Astro. I've never taught that Hertzsprung-Russell diagram. I'd have to go and learn about that. Oh, yes. Yeah, I taught that today, actually. (laughs) But I've done the Millikan experiment. I did it at school. I've got got my Mm. lab book from school with a a version of the Millikan experiment. I remember working out the charge of an electron. That was a long time ago. I had no idea what I was doing. That was the problem with it. Because the way it worked in those days, we just did all the practicals every Thursday for two hours. And even if it was from the following year in, in upper sixth, you still did the practical. Right. I had no idea what I was doing. Anyway, I digress. Um, so it's a very supportive atmosphere. It's a very yeah. it, it's a very happy place, isn't it, the, the chat physics? People are really supportive and interested in ideas. Uh, I... My main problem is we podcast when you do it. You do it at what time? Uh, so every Thursday, 7 till 8 p.m. Oh, well, maybe. So. I could do it, actually. It's not on. It's 7 till 8. We do the podcast at 8.30 on Thursdays. Yeah, get in. <laughs> yeah, should be in. Should be in. Maybe we should, I, I think maybe you should get the uh, Physics Teaching Podcast to host it. Or we live host it. We live host it. So we do a live podcast reading out the tweets. Do they come in thick and fast enough to give us content for a podcast? Uh, it depends on the theme. Uh, sometimes it's they're slow burners. Sometimes they're quite quick. But the thing is, it always continues even after 8 p.m. It's just that the host has kind of gone offline by then. So <laughs> there's yeah. no replies. I think actually my problem is we're having dinner. We have dinner at 7, so I can podcast at 8.30, so it's right through dinner. Yeah, a lot of people say, oh, sorry, I was putting the kids to bed yeah. or stuff like that, or it's parents' evening on Thursdays as well. So it's never the same crowd every week. Yeah, so 7 to 8 is a challenge for me because it's we're having family dinner before we do the podcast. But I can go on, can't I? I can go on at 10 o'clock the next morning and check it out and reply, and the, the, the thread will continue. Yeah. How long do they go on for? Um, it's probably a good a good few days, I'd say, into the weekend. So uh, I checked this morning, for example, and, and after last night's chat, there was a bunch of new replies. Um, the, the difference is that the host is no longer there to reply specifically, but anyone can reply. It's not like it's exclusive to the Chat Physics account. So there we have it. Chat Physics is a fantastic supportive service. Well done, Fabio, yeah. for setting up. What Thank a star. <laughs> And Twitter is certainly something one should investigate. I mean, I, I've, I, I don't use it much, but I, whenever I go on now, because I follow so many physics teachers, there's always something interesting that people are talking about or showing or demoing. And I try and I do my stuff on Instagram. I do pictures on Instagram on my Instagram feed, but I occasionally tweet. And I tweeted a picture of my uh, young double slits on acetate. I was very happy with that this week. So I'm getting into it. But Twitter, I mean, I was put off because I thought it was negative, but it's so positive. It's such a positive environment. I think you've done a really wonderful thing bringing all these physics teachers together. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it, it, I couldn't have done it without the support of, of the chat physics team as well. Like, they've been really, really supportive of it. The community's fantastic. Um, Twitter can be a negative place. Um, it it's completely up to you, though. You curate your own feed, you block, you mute, and you can make it a very, very positive experience. 
Yes, I haven't had to block or mute anyone on the physics TP yet, so we're doing okay. No, physics teachers tend to be a friendly bunch, despite what people think. Yes, (laughs) not many of us are there, so we had to stick together. Right, well, Fabio, thank you very much. It's been wonderful talking to you, and I think chat physics is excellent. And if you haven't used Twitter, dear listener, it's a force for good. It doesn't have to be a force for bad, so get on it. Absolutely, yeah, thank you very much for having me. So it was interesting, wasn't it, how he started it because he was a lone physics teacher and he wanted some sort of offline CPD. Yeah, it's exactly the same principle, isn't it? It's this idea that um, it can be quite a lonely profession, and particularly for a physics teacher, because uh, you don't have that professional collaboration and anything that can give you that lifeline has got to be a good thing. Yeah, but we're both asynchronous, uh, as we talked about there, that, that people can listen to the podcast, can't they? And people can go back and look at chat physics. Mm. And as you said, it, it sort of grows after the time when they do it seven to late yeah. in, in the evening. And then we're podcasting half an hour later, but there's nothing to stop us going on later and checking it out and responding. And I, I do occasionally tweet as my personal Twitter at TWP here, I think I am. Yeah, me too, and uh, occasionally bits and pieces that are slightly tangential or, or, or just something that's, that's caught my eye and amused me. So, yeah, I, I, I tweet as at Robin S. Griffiths, I think it is my uh, Twitter handle. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting and that Fabio also mentioned CPD, the idea that this is professional development, and it's, it's in many ways it's a much richer form of professional development for a physics teacher than is often available in your school on a subject specialism basis because usually I tended to find that if you did get subject specialist CPD it was based around science, the science department and invariably that would mean because of the bias of, of the subject balances that it would be a biologist leading it and so on and so on. and just generally speaking your, your physics CPD is not very good and it reminds me that when we talked to for example Mark Hannum uh, from the American Association of Physics Teachers that over there their CPD is so targeted on the physics and on the latest developments in physics and making sure that the teachers can promote the subject and, and engender that love of physics in, in their students. Yeah, I've been involved in uh, physics CPD at school, but it's me running it because mm. when I've done it, I've been the only physicist. Yeah, and of course, then you're just running a session for a non-specialist, aren't you, really? Yeah. And that's a different thing again, and it's not really developing you, it's it's developing them, which is a noble thing to do, but it's it's just where do you find it if you're a physics teacher? Yeah, and if you look at the chat physics threads, there's there's a lot there. The, you know, just what I said about what's a big idea from David Boyce. Yeah, I've never really thought about that, and it is an interesting idea. What is a big idea? Something, you know, maybe something overarching many disciplines in physics. It's yeah, Ben Rogers, the big ideas in physics now to yeah, teach. Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. I would go because I've got a book of them. <laughs> but yes, and, and the thing is that there is a lovely community of great people. I mean, I've met David, who's a friend of the podcast, has been there before. Hello, David. Hope everything's well. Uh, and he, he's been on before, and with Dave Cotton we've had on, and, and these are sort of towering figures in the world of physics CPD. Fabio's another one. It's great to have had him on now as well. There'll be others, but uh, there is a community out there, and if you're feeling a bit reticent about engaging with that community, these are lovely, lovely, friendly people. And also, the thing about communities, your voice adding to it will give it another dimension still. So please don't feel um, that it's not something you would like to join or it's not something make your own story within it because we, we would love to hear from you we'd love to hear you know stories from the physics front line because every new story just enriches everybody's experience what a lovely thing to say what a lovely way to put it i i think we should stop there because i've got a feeling next episode is going to be quite a bumper episode so let's uh, give the listeners ear a rest yes, indeed. Is it one listener one ear yes 
<laughs> one listener, one E. Yes, exactly. That's it. Um, I, I think that's about how it went. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so um, thank you so much, dear listener, and do stay well and stay safe um, over the coming mm. weeks. Uh, you know, we, it's it's a, a difficult situation at the moment. We're trying to help out with our ways to teach. So if you do have any te- tips on uh, how to teach remotely, tools, tricks, bits of software, things that you think might help the students to work with it, because th- I'm very conscious of that. It's going to be very, very difficult for a student sort of sitting in their um, room at home with a series of lessons scheduled and, and how we can help them to engage and how we can help them to feel that they've learnt. Um, so if you've got any tips on that at all or any ideas you'd like to discuss, get in touch. It would be lovely to hear from you. It would. So please get in touch. Contact at thephysicsteachingpodcast.com email. And of course on uh, Twitter we're at physicstp and it's hashtag tptpremotely, all one word. Uh, and Instagram, physics underscore teaching underscore podcast. And there's a contact form on every page of the website, the.physicsteachingpodcast.com. Yes, yeah, so don't forget to visit the website and have a look at the fantastic new colour scheme. Have a look at the map, see where our listeners are, and uh, see if you can uh, spread that map a bit wider if you have any colleagues in far-flung regions. And if you have any design tendencies and you think of a better colour scheme, I'd be <laughs> delighted to hear it. I'm no designer. I was just mucking around. Bright pink and purple. I think most people access the podcast through their podcatcher software, so they never actually see the website. I could make it black on black. Probably. I think it's going to be instantly recognisable, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Robin. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you for listening to the Physics Teaching Podcast. And special thanks this week to Fabio Di Salvo. The podcast is presented by Robin Griffiths and me, Thomas WP. And please get in touch if you have any stories about the coronavirus and teaching remotely. Don't forget, you can leave us a voice message, which you can play on the podcast if you send a telegram or WhatsApp to 447898 814 716. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week.